Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa Aparuta de Sangamatasatawara ye Sorawanta Bamunjantu Satang. This is the observance night, new moon. In other words, no moon. And the uh, two weeks left of the Vasa, the Pavarana is on the full moon, which is in two weeks. So time flies, and uh, when you get old like I am, you really you know, each day seems like goes by so quickly. You realize that how many days left do I have to being incarnated in this form? Running out. It didn't seem so much when I was younger. <coughs> but these are good reflections on uh, on impermanence. The age of the body. So the the formed world, the the Sankarani, all conditions are impermanent. This is uh, to be reflected upon again and again. Just because the tendency is to, you know, when we when we grasp conditioned phenomena, when we grasp thoughts, memories, uh, sensory objects sense of self, when we, this is all grasped and held, then it, it seems more than what it is. We have, this is called the illusion. We live in an illusion or a dream world of our own making. It's more than what it really is. So awakening then is uh, this mindfulness, alertness to the present is the only way out of that of of creating these illusions, seeing things seen as it is. <coughs> so just contemplate, like say, this realm that we live in. It's a sense realm. It's uh, earth, fire, water, and air, consciousness and space. It's, uh, these are ways of, of kind of pointing it at experience here and now, not, not, a, not a kind of abstract description of it or trying to be scientific in any way. These are just expedient means, wor- means words that, that help us to maybe look at experience here and now in a way we might not even think of or be able to if we didn't have such... Uh, opportunity or such tools to use. 
them we're easily conditioned into believing and grasping. Uh, as long as you keep human beings ignorant, unenlightened, then you have control over them and they can manipulate and and uh, do you know do what you want with them. We often wondered why you know such ridiculous wars have taken place, such as the First World War, where whole generation of uh, European men were slaughtered for no good reason. Why? What is it? Was there such an intelligent civilization as uh, the European one could be so utterly stupid? How could so many people be willing to be killed over nothing? And uh, of course, this is uh, what happens with, this is what ignorance is all about. Avicca, not seeing things, not recognizing or realizing the, the way it is, we're easily caught in the illusion and the illusions of our society and of our families and our groups. So waking up then is a, is something you you can't command people to wake up, or you can, but it doesn't mean that that they do it. <laughs> I mean, everybody wake up, and then how many really will do that, or even know what I'm talking about? So that uh, this waking up is not just what you think. It's not something like because your eyes are open and you hear my words. But it's from the inside, isn't it? The heart opens into the present. You're fully present, receiving the present. Not just, uh, you know, caught in some kind of, uh, attached to some kind of position or attitude or uh, op opinion or whatever without being aware of that. I mean, even if you are uh, caught in some particular emotion at this moment or view or attitude, the awakeness, the awareness is to be awake to that. It's what it is. To see things, to see it as it is. Which is then not, not to criticize Remember, the critical faculty is a conditioned one. The discerning one is not conditioned. So, an awakened awareness, then we're, we're getting outside the uh, limitation of conditions because we're operating from the wisdom, a universal wisdom that we begin to open to, that is, our true nature, but we tend to not notice, not recognize, not value, not appreciate that when we're caught in our delusions, living in our dream worlds. <coughs> Just for instance, at this moment now, everybody's conscious. Consciousness is, uh, you know, taken for granted. 
But yet, conscious experience can also be with attachment. So, even though we're conscious, we're attached to maybe a, a viewpoint or an opinion or a, a doubt in the mind or a negative feeling or uh, something or other that that um, we um, bind ourselves to. In other words, we, you know, out of ignorance, we bind ourselves to limitation, to form, to, and that form can be, you know, a, a grand one or a mean one. Can be beautiful or ugly, subtle or gross. Because uh, the whole formed realm has that possibility, that potential for change from refined to to coarse to from gross to subtle to uh, beautiful to ugly, right and wrong. There's that whole range of uh, possibility in the uh, conditioned phenomena from subtle mental conditions, thoughts, feelings, to just gross uh, instincts. But the awareness then embraces the, the ability to, to tune in, in a way, on this level of complete openness through consciousness without any opinion or view, without attachment, without any axe to grind, any, anything to defend or prove or get or get rid of. <coughs> so to appreciate that, we you know, keep pointing to that, that. The position now, here and now, is zero. Nothing, in other words. We're not, we don't, we aren't starting from an, even a Buddhist attitude or, or some position, some, some dogmatic position, but just from pure awareness. So that awareness uh, is, isn't a, doesn't need, can't be defined verbally, can't be, you know, you can point to it, but you can't define it. <coughs> like right view. Samaditi, you know, you, you point to it, but to say, well, right view is some kind of right way of thinking? Is that it? You know, some kind of viewpoint that, that the Buddha had that we all have to believe in. Or was the Buddha pointing not at a view, at an at a, at a idea or a thought or a doctrine or a position, but at that awakened state? that is, you can only know for yourself. So, to recognize awakeness, so much of what I say is all about how to, you know, it's not through trying to get it or to make yourself into somebody awake, but to trust in, in, in the awareness here and now. So it's a relaxed, uh, a kind of like a, a relaxed attention, an openness, a receptivity. It's not, it's not an attitude of trying to get rid of bad thoughts or bad feelings or trying to create good ones. 
It's not, it's not a position of trying to get anything or get rid of anything. So it's not, you know, we're not asking you to, 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 to purify your mind and make all your thoughts pure and good and get rid of all your bad thoughts, but to awaken uh, in this sense of not a, a willful awakened state, but a relaxed, trusting one. So like resting, open, relaxed, receptive, alert, <coughs> attentive. What are those words? Do they help? <laughs> like if I say, you've got to pay attention, then you, then what does that do? You know, so then you, to me, when, when it comes from a kind of command or an imperative, uh, then it, it puts me into a state of, of, of trying too hard. You know, I don't, I can't relax if somebody's on my back saying, pay attention. I go into a contracted state. So, like a willful, I should be mindful, I shouldn't be heedless, I, all these kind of ways of, of thinking about ourselves. These are not helpful to, to believe in. You know, to go around uh, saying, I should be mindful, I shouldn't be heedless. So it's not not a matter of what how you should or shouldn't be, but of of uh, uh, a trusting in a, in a very simple ability that we all have as human beings. You know, it's not asking you to do something impossible, or that only highly experienced uh, Buddhist monks can ever possibly hope to achieve. If we put it up into the in, into into a hierarchy of of uh, hard practice and and attained states, then then it's uh, then it, it becomes rare, becomes refined, becomes special. What the Buddha was pointing to was nothing special, nothing extreme, nothing in fact, no thing. <coughs> That's what I like about uh, in English. You, have the, you can say nothing or no thing. It's quite interesting. The thing is a condition, isn't it? You know, we talk about things. The English word thing always means it's something, this thing. It's a form, it's a sankara, the world of things. And no thing. And so, to me, that that points to the here now, where there isn't, where there's, n you know, if, if I'm grasping something, like an idea I have, or a opinion, or or some something or other, some view. If I'm grasping that, then I'm grasping something, aren't I? How could you grasp nothing, or no thing, in order to to realize no thing, you have to let go of grasping, relax. 
So relaxing is is like letting go. It's the sense of relief of of letting go of the burden, rather than of of uh, you know grasping something better than what you usually grasp. <coughs> Now we're very committed to to our thoughts as reality, and so you know we're we're you know we're very uh, conditioned by education to to think and and regard thinking as a kind of great achievement, and not to diminish or despise thinking because it's certainly something to value and and uh, respect. But as an end in itself, it will only let you down. That's why you can't think yourself to liberation. You know, try to think about what nibbana is. Nibbana is enlightenment, freedom from all delusion. Then think about it and see what. <laughs> you know, and then I start thinking about it from the habits of a self. You know, me, Ajahn Sumato, and can I achieve Nibbana? And, uh, if, you know, my, me, uh, this person, can I attain it? Uh, is it possible, or is it just another uh, pie-in-the-sky ideal that's not going to work? And uh, maybe certain people, special people, you know, very gifted people could attain it and, and go on and on like this. Because the personality, uh, what I call my personality, is very limited. My personality I create. It is not, it has no real depth to it or any real uh, wisdom in it at all. It's merely a conditioned way of... Um, Thinking, the limitation of thinking out of ignorance is what my personality amounts to. So can I trust that, what my personality says? You know, it's full of doubts, uh, criticisms. I have a critical personality. It prefers this, doesn't like that, gets annoyed with this, gets irritated with that, gets, you know, wants something it doesn't have, wants to get rid of, of bad thoughts and foolish ideas and wants to become, wants to attain, but then is afraid that, uh, that I can't do it, that it's not within my ability. I don't have enough barami, or I don't like that. so. I mean, the personality goes on in that way because uh, you know, my, from my background, it is conditioned like that. It's not a real person. It's an empty. It's empty forms. Personality has no soul, no substance to it. It's empty and meaningless in itself, and yet. We can be completely overwhelmed with our own emotional habits and views, personal views and, and prejudices. Believe completely in our own prejudices and, and opinions. 
You can see it in Britain about the fox hunters and, you know, willing to fight for the right to kill foxes or to not kill fox or to stop killing foxes or to kill the, the to, to get rid of the forces of evil which are located in, not in the, in here, but over there. <laughs> And we're willing to spend enormous amounts of money, billions and billions of dollars and pounds, and, and, and send young men, young women over to get slaughtered or corrupted by it all. Out of what? <coughs> Out of ignorance? <coughs> Greed, hatred, and delusion? And uh, the society is very much, um, you know, very much caught into that, limited by that. So, in, you know, I can understand it because as a person I have certain preferences and views and the attitudes about all pol politics and society and all the rest. I'm not, you know, I don't have you know, any lack of views on that level. But the difference is that I can recognize them, trust in the awakeness of uh, the pure conscious awareness, which I do trust, not the view, the opinion that I might have about the state of the world or the society or you or me. So the personality is, is conditioned. Starts with thinking. I have to think to become me, as a person. When I'm not, when I'm not thinking, I'm not grasping thought. There's awareness, but there's no person. I don't believe this. This is for you to investigate. So pointing to like the sound of silence, the resonating cosmic background sound. Is that once you begin to notice and and and, and uh, observe that, that means that you know the, the thinking process stops actually, and you you're connecting your awareness. You can be aware for for longer than you can be otherwise. So there's pure awareness. And there's no self. And yet you're not unconscious or... Uh, but then when you try to... Then try to figure out what's happening and you start thinking again, isn't it? And, uh, and the, am I being aware? Am I really aware? Is, is it, am I not aware? Or am I, is this what he means? Or am I doing it right? Or then it gets caught up into thinking again, doubting. So this is, this is where this... This uh, learning to trust in the directness of reality. Getting to this zero point, ground zero, to this point of, that includes everything. A point, you know, whether you want to make it a little point that excludes everything, tiny little point where it excludes or the point that includes, which is the oneness, the totality.
So in the what is oneness or non-dualism, the reality of oneness or non-dual is that point of awareness here and now, which is which we never lose, but we don't we we forget all the time, or we don't even recognize it. Most people don't even recognize it. How many of you live in a world about planning for the future and thinking about the past and regretting things you've done in the past or longing for the good old days or worrying about the future or hoping that you'll win the lottery in the future or you what <laughs> and then the the time element is created with thought. I'm going to uh, I'm going to be alive in the future. Tomorrow I'm going to do this. Yesterday I did that. And so the the sense of a self the, of a solid person is created with this in belief in time as reality. That I am actually a historical personality and and that I my experience of you know I'm the same person that was born 70 years ago. And uh, and this is the, uh, you know, this is the same the same guy that was born there. <laughs> and of course that is uh, <coughs> another perception again, isn't it? Uh, I am this person this soul or this being and then on the conventional level he was what when were you born? I'd say 1934. Where were you born? Seattle, Washington. And uh, and then we ca I can, you know, I can give you a kind of history, a biography of memories. But what is it really? You know, what is that? In reality, is it's just memories are, you know, are empty. Am I a memory? Is that all I am as a, you know, I'm just some kind of m living memory now? Or what is it that's really alert and present? At this moment. If I start thinking about it, then uh, that's memory again. So I I start thinking about myself, about my past, about my future, and the whole scenario of me and mine goes into into operation. But if I let go of that, just through awareness, there's a resonating stillness, consciousness, I can I'm, I can sustain that awareness to where thinking then becomes something observable, the arising and ceasing of thought or emotion, and that we've got perspective then, a relationship, the relationship to the formed world then or the conditioned world is one of of receiving it rather than of grasping it. 
So, in, in other words, they're not trying to get rid of our personalities or change them or create a better world and, and try to get rid of the, the present one because it's not good enough. It's not, it's not idealistic and utopian and, or just an annihilationist. Just let's destroy everything because it's all empty anyway and meaningless. It's not that. That takes thought. That's a thinking process. So it's learning to trust in this awareness in the present. No matter what you're feeling or experiencing. Through the body or through the mind. uh, Success, failure, happiness, suffering, praise, blame. Now, this trusting is, is uh, this is the only thing you can trust. This is, it's not a thing, though. <laughs> so I, I can't use that word. <laughs> the awareness is the only, is, is what it, you, can, you can trust. Does that make sense? And trust isn't because you believe me. You're not trusting in what I say. Don't trust what I say. I'm not asking you to trust anything I say or trust me either. But, but to, you know, to trust, to get to recognize, you know. It's a, like the meditation when we, we talk about powerness, it's developing that awareness. And confidence in awareness, where we we have that perspective, we can actually see the arising and ceasing of forms, the thoughts, views, opinions, emotions. And what is it that's aware of all that? Is that a special? Ajahn Sumato, that's my pure soul, Ajahn Sumato's soul that has been purified and is now seeing the false self. That's, that's not a Buddhist way of talking at all. Is it? It's not a personal, like awareness, gets you out of the personal. into it put, it's Your real home is the universal, not the personal. The word universe, universal means one, isn't it? Whole, complete. And, uh, and the personal, there's always a lack, isn't there? On a personal level, there's always something, something missing personally. Something that's not quite right, even when life is at its best. And life just couldn't get any better than this. There's still something, there's a lack, a sense of, incompleteness or unfulfilledness. And that very lack then is is the you know the the dukkha, the first noble truth. It's through 
awareness of that. Not trying to put something into it and, or find something to fill the gap or fill the space or create, you know, try to create a false sense of fulfillment or perfection, but in really trusting in your awareness. That's what's missing. What, what misses, why, why the personal world is inadequate and unfulfilling is because uh, that's its nature. The personal is not, you know, is nothing that you can really trust. And if you do trust that you're going to be terribly disappointed by it because it's going to fail you. The conditioned realm is, is like that. So, but the, the trust then is from the awareness. So in, in my own experience in the monastic life, of meditation and so forth, it's a constant reminding myself, trust this now. No matter what's happening to me, whether you know everything is just going super duper or falling apart, or whether I'm healthy and vigorous or sickly and whatnot, the the challenge of here and now. Trust this, just this awareness. So I rest in this sound of silence. I've practiced with this, just learning to relax, surrender. You can use the surrender, relax, rest into this stillness of this presence. Let go of everything. All the cares of the world, the problems of the community, the the difficulties, the irritations, the frustrations, the uh, all the rest, all the part, you know, that's part of uh, being human, living on this planet, living in a society. It's not to reject it, isn't it? I'm not trying to run away. But trying to iron it out, make it perfect, and solve every problem, and 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 answer every question, and and uh, make everything right on that level, on the conditioned realm, is hopeless, isn't it? It's impossible. Trying to make Amravati community into perfect, harmonious community forever, uh, you know, and where everybody is, is the way I want them to be, is <laughs> not, that's uh, impossible. So instead of trying to to uh, always manipulate and and kind of interfere in the conditioned realm, trust in the unconditioned here and now. And uh, and as as you trust it, then it will you find in more and more it it has its it your 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 tendency to to be caught in the illusion of the conditioned realm.
starts falling away. It doesn't have the same power, it doesn't have the same compel, uh, compelling qualities, the same convincing uh, attitudes that it used to have. What used to be so, you know, really important and vital and urgent and frightening and unbearable and absolutely devastating and totally shattering and all that. Is uh, suddenly it doesn't isn't like that anymore. Even totally shattering and utterly devastating is all right. You know it changes. Sometimes life seems like that, but it doesn't last. Try to stay totally shattered for the rest of your life. See if you can do it. <coughs> So to me, the Buddha was, well, you know, was uh, saying, "This is this is um, this is the, you know, being human, having this human nature, this human form, this this uh, sensitive form, this consciousness. What's the point of it?" You know, is it like evolution? Are we supposed to just improve the species and get better and better and better and better as a species? Is that the point of it? You know, on a, on a, on a materialistic level, people that believe in progress and evolution and theories like that, thinking that, you know, that we will, uh, you know, life will become on this planet will become better and better, yet we're getting the messages now of doom, aren't we? Pollution and overpopulation and more messy here all the time. Kind of dreadful warning signs, uh, you know, that are coming to, uh, that are quite obvious to everybody at this time. And yet the 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 um, human potential for awareness. This is this is the gift that we have as humans. To me, this is this is how I see it anyway. This is the this is the beauty of our humanity. Otherwise, we, if it if it wasn't for this, then we are we are just like a like a plague on this planet. Aren't we we just destroying everything, polluting everything around us. Like some terrible cancer, it's creeping over planet Earth, sucking all the the vitality out of it, and it'll become a dry desert like Mars. And or you know well that, that we can be like that. I'm sure. I mean, we're certainly very good at that. But but uh, and. Awakenness, awareness. This is the true gift of of being human. This is uh, this benefits everything, isn't it? It's a total. It's the whole. It's the way this insignificant creature here 
uh, in this body, seemingly insignificant, considering the the immensity of the world's population at this time, the significance at this moment lies in the awareness, not in any kind of unique personal qualities I have. Because in that awareness, there's oneness, isn't it? Everything belongs. That oneness includes all of you, everybody, everything, the good and the bad, everything. You know, there's no exceptions. There's no divisions. There's oneness. And that is reality from the point of awareness. From the point of thinking and the conditioned realm, then I divide there's beauty and there's ugliness and there's good and bad and right and wrong and there's the big and the small and the macrocosmic and the microcosmic and, and there's men and women and then there's on and on like this. You divide everything up into uh, uh, day and night and sun and moon and on <laughs> like that. And it goes on and on and on, isn't it? How you get you get more microscopic, trying to to find the the smallest possible atom or well, I think they found something smaller than that, and it's smaller, and so I can't even see it. And give it a name, and and uh, you know, they're trying to find out what's out in that vast universe, what's out there in that sky, infinity, all the planets and stars and comets and all that's out there, so fantastic, mind-boggling when you look at it on a starry night, isn't it? The night sky is absolutely mind-boggling, stops your thinking process, at least it does mine, because it's so mysterious and so vast. And then you start thinking, how could, wonder what's out there, you know, if there are any kind of alien creatures. Well, we think everything is alien unless it's our little world, isn't it? We're so conceited, we think, you know, if it doesn't quite fit into our particular parameters, it's an alien. <coughs> Where oneness, isn't it, is, then that includes aliens. We don't, we aren't dividing anymore into our little group that is, you know, whatever, you know, the, the normal good-hearted humanity that we are, and the aliens, <laughs> the green men with, with uh, bulging eyes, or two heads. <laughs> and speak from their armpits. I know it is the illusoriness of this realm is so strong that, you know, certainly 
you know, not to uh, diminish that, the power of the, uh, of the delusions, <coughs> but more or less to, uh, to point to that, the way out of that, which doesn't seem like much at all in, when you try to think about it and try to find it as something, some grand state called Nibbana that you've attained through, through years of hard work meditating. You know, so then you, you know, people are, you know, can think of it as really difficult and, and, uh, um, and, and like Nibbana becomes so, such an attainment, such a rare attainment, such a super state that, that we, you know, we don't even try. In Buddhist countries, people don't even try anymore because they just think they can't do it because Nibbana has been put up on such a high level. Well, what was the Buddha really teaching? What is the Nibbana, what does it really mean in terms of here and now? This exotic word, Nibbana or Nirvana. What does it really, if it doesn't have anything, doesn't apply to here and now, then it is useless. It's merely an abstract idea. So as the Buddha pointed at some kind of abstract idea that we're supposed to attain in the future? Or was it pointing to the very simple reality of non-attachment, realizing the reality of non-attachment? It's just this, isn't it? It's, it's nothing more than that. It's not an attainment. You can't attain it. You recognize it. An attainment, you have to strive and get, get, you know, to attain something. You have to strive and, uh, and, and, and to attain something. But to realize, recognize, means that waking up, paying attention, being alert. Unmotivated alertness. We're not trying to find Nibbana or attain Nirvana or anything like that. If that's if that's how we think, and we can be aware that that's just a thought process that we're creating. I want to attain Nibbana is, that's a, I create that. Those are words that I'm creating and, and, uh, and grasping. I see the grasping of those words. I, I let go. The insight is to let go, not, not to grasp anymore. The reality of non-grasping. Nibbana. Nothing more than that. As soon as you make Nibbana into some high-powered attainment, then you've lost it. It's, uh, it's too high. <laughs> and, and it's not within the reach of, of, uh, of us because of the limitation of having human body and, and the limitation of being human. So the Buddha recognized, within the limitation of being uh, an incarnated creature on this planet, what is the way, what can we, how can we connect, how can we realize the Dhamma and yet be still be, you know, within the limitation we find ourselves? 
And so that is the, 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 the way of awakeness or awareness, alertness, attentiveness. Because that isn't conditioned, that's not a cultural programming, is it? <coughs> it's not personal. It has no personal identity to it. So it doesn't seem like anything. If I say, I have attained Nibbana, because I'm such a good meditator, then that very sounds very personal, doesn't it? And, and, uh, and like I'm really somebody who's, you know, made it. I'm a, you know, I'm a winner in this, in this world of monks, nuns. And, and, it's, uh, and it's an attainment. But that would be a, a delusion. Not a, you know, whatever I attain as a person, I also lose. Because personality changes. Personality is, uh, is not something you can sustain. It, it changes according to condition. So my personality changes. It's sunny or rain, sunny and warm or rainy and cold or it's in uh, middle of the night or it's early in the morning or, or people are being very nice to me, people are being nasty to me or uh, I'm with uh, the uh, high-ranking monks of Thailand or just with the uh, with the bhikkhus in the common room, or <laughs> personality adapts. <laughs> Doesn't it? Because that's the way it is. Personality is not something that has any, uh, you know, con continuity to it. It's merely an ad adaptation to conditions in time. So personality is not the answer, but what transcends personality is the awareness. Not conde not condemning personality, but it but as a as an identity, it's you 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 know, it's uh, it's useless. Your true identity is awakeness, oneness, wholeness. That's your true nature. And yet everything around us seems to create separation, isn't it? Like right now I'm sitting up here and I'm looking at you down there. Well, you're out there. You're separate. You're not me. I'm Ajahn Sumedho and you're someone else. <laughs> and all the theme, the reality of that, the convincing, the, you know, the, how convincing it is how real it seems. Or, in awareness, I stop dividing. The div divisive function isn't operating. And then that oneness includes uh, you all, you know, it's not a matter of, of identifying or trying to include you in some idealistic way of thinking, is it? It's not, it's not being idealistic and thinking we're all one and 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 the same as some as a way of thinking at all, because that doesn't work either. It's pointing to the reality. I mean, pointing to this reality of awareness, the gate to the deathless.
So may this encourage you when you increase your faith and trust and practice in yourselves. And uh, it's up to you, really. <laughs> uh, and uh, and uh, Amravati, you know, its whole purpose is to, uh, you know, it's, it's here to remind, it's not here to intimidate you. I mean, some of you probably get intimidated by it and all that because of our personalities and the way we react to the form or the people here. <coughs> But that's not the purpose of this place. It's not meant. It's not intentional. It's just, it's just the the way things sometimes affect us. So our refuge, you know, is in the awareness, not in the Amravati as a you know as a physical place, but in the awareness. And then they then see that the the like the temple, the Buddha images, the the whole the sangha, the monks, nuns, all these are. This is meant for reminding. These are, you know, these are not things to, to grasp or to identify with, but to to you know use the forms here, the conventions for awareness, awakened attention alertness rather than becoming uh, caught up in, in uh, and uh, overwhelmed by the by the different uh, conventional forms that you experience here so I offer this for your reflection <coughs> <coughs>